Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Sorry about that. Well, it's nice to be home. Um, family, it's lovely to be back with you. Um, we showed that um, clip because, I mean, you look at it and you think, wow. You know, he went out for a bit of a wind surf. And do you think that he expected that taken up into the sky to that degree? I think I would have been pretty terrified. And uh, you're thinking, oh, it's exciting, but where is this going to end up? Am I going to survive this? And as it happened, he landed safely back on the water. But um, that clip depicts probably more the true meaning of chaos to me than some of the chaos that we've been uh, led to believe. Um, because the truth is, uh, what chaos really is, is the unpredictable. That which we just did not remotely expect to happen in our lives. And uh, we're going to just pursue that a little bit more tonight. I thank the guys for all that they've done over the last couple of weeks because, you know, every subject that we take does not have one angle. It doesn't just have one string to its fiddle. It's got many facets. And the more that we go in into understanding of a whole picture, the more equipped we can be. So I'm very grateful for what they've uh, done. Um, and so we're pursuing a little bit more about this chaos and order. Now, scientists used to believe that simple laws put in place always led to predictable outcomes. But they now know that very simple, almost unnoticeable changes can lead to dramatic different results. So go back to that guy, he goes out, he's on his, his board, he's expecting certain things. And then suddenly, it's those suddenlies, isn't it? that uh, we weren't expecting. Now, this phenomenon is called chaos. So in the Greek, an orderly system is the opposite of chaos, and it's the antithesis of universal order. And it was so powerful, and I say that because we've been heavily influenced by Greek philosophy. Um, it was so powerful that the Greeks had their first god, and guess what it was called? Chaos. Chaos was their first god. And what I'm going to say today, that it was a woman. Now that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, women? We like to create some chaos. Um, and I thought it was worth a mention since it's International Women's Day, I think, today, is it? Something like that. So come on, give yourself a pat on the back, you awesome women here. But like I say, chaos was a woman. And uh, it was so powerful that they named her the first god. Now, it was only with the advent of philosophy that chaos became a concept, not a god. Modern understanding left Greek mythology and gave way 
to different religion ideas and science. And it was associated more with dysfunction and disorder that had a destructive element rather than an invisible force from which everything that existed took shape. Now you can see the difference there, a great difference. So chaos is the term that should be used when we encounter that which we don't expect. We should not use the term chaos for a disordered way of life, the results of which are unpredictable, because in fact one man's chaos is another man's order. It's just a pattern of life that we live out that is comfortable to us, but a pattern all the same. Now, life consists of two groups of things. Things we understand, order, and things we don't understand, the unknown, which we tend to call disorder. And chaos is the name of any order that produces confusion in our individual minds. So my confusion is going to be different from your confusion, but it's all to do with feeling that we haven't understood or seen that pattern before. So we go on with our lives believing we have put in place systems that will eliminate the unpredictable, but sadly, chaos is not something that we can avoid. Right, I don't know about you, but I was raised with the particular understanding that chaos was the result of a breakdown of a relationship with God. Order and harmony were forever compromised because of man's sin, and chaos invaded God's good order. Suddenly, Chaos, that original material, the formless matter from which everything comes, became a bad thing. Just like darkness became a bad thing. And religion sets us up for believing that everything that happens that is out of order must be because we have in some way moved away from God's perfection. And so we strive in every way to get back to that perfection, which I think would be better called pure fiction. I think that's a good word. And sometimes when we're seeking perfection, maybe think back to what I say tonight. It's pure fiction because there isn't such a thing. So listen to this. Chaos is not some pit we fall into when order is removed. Chaos is around every corner. Chaos is everywhere and strikes at the heart of what we think of as nature's laws with their safe, predictable consequences. So chaos has been given a bad name because our egos fear what we can't control. But life is the constant unfolding of the unknown and the unknown being made known. Why are we so afraid of the unknown? It's because what if I encounter something I can't control? It just might destroy me. So we try to eliminate any chance of chaos being a possible potential in our lives. We can try and reign in chaos by force, by control. We see chaos as a loss of control rather than the initiator of something new. So we turn our lives into lists and we plot it onto an organisational grid in our attempt to minimise any encounter with chaos that might find us weak and vulnerable. But real life is where we really live. And real life is oblivious to our master plan and project timelines. So chaos is going to get you. Babies do not arrive on time. Kids get sick when you needed to be at an important work event. And would you believe grandparents are not available 
to babysit. I say that for my Connie's sake, because I know that's how she feels at times. We have a name for this. We call it Murphy's Law. The best laid plans can often end up differently than expected, despite preparations for success. Why? Because of a power called chaos. Why do we wonder that our kids are so different when we say to ourselves, we brought them up exactly the same? Did we really? Just those little tiny changes can make a world of difference. So chaos should be regarded as as really good news, as chaos is great potential, possibility and opportunity on offer to us if we only know what to do with it. If we understand that chaos is like a pile of sand grains before a sandcastle is built, or the million cells in an egg, all the same before they differentiate into our many vital organs that make up the human being, then our relationship with, with chaos will become more of a positive one. Everything owes its existence solely to sound. Sound holds everything together. We are told that in the beginning, God spoke everything into existence. To use a modern idiom, a sound came and matter took shape. We are going to see this happen before our eyes tonight and I hope it inspires you to embrace chaos differently in your life. So what sound are you bringing to the chaos that you will encounter? We are told that love is the greatest, highest frequency vibration possible and if God is love, then is it any wonder that a sound allowed the chaos to appear in many amazing material forms? We begin tonight by looking at the formation of a snowflake. Who would believe that the collision of dust and water in the sky could create such beauty? We are at how at the how of such creation. Hopefully tonight we can be motivated to believe that our collisions as particles of dust with the divine breath has created unique specimens of beauty. Maybe to be called a snowflake isn't so bad after all. Okay, we're on. All right, first of all, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, those who are those who are sick tonight and those who think they're sick and those who are frightened that they might get sick with the current coronavirus. We haven't put anything in writing out yet, but uh, obviously there's been governmental advice and uh, please try and observe that as best you can as we gather together and and, uh, meet together. Um, I understand Debbie's in hospital with suspected food poisoning, so let your prayers be... With her, bless her, that can't be pleasant, and we pray that she'll recover quickly. Um, also, this time this time last week, almost exactly, really, uh, we were, we were um, uh, honoured guests in the uh, Mormon Tabernacle among 3,000 people there where the Mormon Tabernacle Choir do their thing. We had our own um, uh, personal host, and we were announced to the whole congregation um, from the from the microphone as to who we were and and what we do and uh, and welcomed very greatly uh, and that's been one of the strange parts of our um, our journey to uh, to Salt Lake where it's been a while I, I wondered I wondered for many years why 
people would move into a place for two years before even starting to plant a church. But when you've been intermittently in a place like we have, you realize why that is the case, because uh, the establishing of relationships and the gaining of favor takes a lot of time. But, uh, you know, we don't want to not be here. So we're doing it the way we're doing it. And I've also been a bit reluctant because I always thought, you know, a missionary was somebody who goes to Africa or India or uh, some lost tribe in Asia. But Chris and I are missionaries in that environment. Can't tell you the whole story on, uh, on Sundays. If you, if you want a fuller story, you're going to have to come on a Wednesday. That's all there is to it because we don't have time to share the whole thing. But needless to say, the favour and the opportunities we now have, we're now involved with the church as well in the little township where we stay and have been given great favour and a great voice and things are really opening up there in uh, quite an interesting and exciting way for which we're very grateful to you for helping us to be there, for all of us sharing a journey that's given us a story, and for our opportunity now to share that story beyond the walls of this church here. So thank you, and bless you. So um, I won't say much about the subject tonight, except to say this and reiterate something that uh, Chris said. Uh, And I echo what she said. I think, sadly, snowflakes have been given a bad name. Uh, which is most inappropriate because those of you who live on another planet and haven't noticed that the current generation have become known as snowflakes because of their uh, propensity to be afraid of any diversity that challenges their safe existence um, and also, you know, the, the kind of all the other things that life demands being a little bit resistant to that but actually snowflakes are amazing things and I think we need to find another name for whoever those those people are we need to find another name Uh, this is what I wrote snowflakes are beautiful things but without the presence of that speck of dust the ability to create the beauty we see is non-existent now the older I get (coughs) And the more released I get from my old dogmas, and uh, the more I dismantle old belief structures that needed to be dismantled, and the more I relook at the whole issue of God and divinity and humanity, the more respect I have for the Bible and not less. Because if it's true that snowflakes are beautiful things, but without the presence of that speck of dust, the ability to create the beauty we see is non-existent, can you now see why, why 1,500 years ago, going on towards 2,000 years ago, David wrote in the Psalms, for he knows how we are formed and he remembers that we are but dust. So he had the revelation before science had the microscopes that without the speck of dust, which is you and I, the beauty that we call snowflakes cannot exist. It exists because you are dust, not, it, not that dust is the problem, dust is the beginning, it's the solution. So what I want you to get first up tonight in the context of chaos, you may be but dust, but snowflakes can't come in all their beauty unless it first has dust. So we actually really truly have the opportunity and ability tonight to become a bunch of snowflakes. So in our journey to hopefully get you to grasp what we're trying to get through tonight, let me just reflect on some of the wonderful words of wisdom that we heard in this video. 
I love where he starts out. We really lost our relationship with unpredictability. I don't know if you realize it, but most of the time you and I are controlling the miracle out of our existence. We do not give the opportunity for that which would become creation to ever create because we don't know how to handle the space, the emptiness, the nothingness, the confusion that we call chaos. And yet if creation doesn't come out of chaos, creation doesn't come. And so most of us never see creation because we don't know how to approach, embrace, and relate to chaos. And so we lose our relationship with unpredictability. There's something about spirituality and faith that desperately pushes to the realm of the unpredictable, the unknown, the unseen, so that that which is not seen can be seen, that which is not known can be known, that which is not felt can be felt, which is why, again, this wonderful book called the Bible that I have such a new understanding of says it's by faith that we understand that the worlds were framed by a word, a sound, and that what appeared came out of what could not be seen. He said, this is great. I think order is something man-made to protect ourselves from what is unknown to us. Now, this doesn't mean don't clean your kitchen, don't put your pots away, don't make your beds. But what it does mean is that sometimes in our desperation for order, we are doing it to protect ourselves from that which is unknown to us. We become afraid of what the unknown holds because it's unknown and we have no confidence that in the unknown is that which blesses us, not that which destroys us. He says, when I had OCD, you understand what that is? That's, that's obsessive compulsive disorder. <clears throat> when I had OCD, I was really scared of chaos because I projected my worst fear onto the unknown. That's why we don't like the unknown, because in our compulsive disorders to make everything the way we think they should be in order for us to feel safe, what we do then is we become scared of any kind of chaos because we project our worst fears onto the unknown. We can only see that the unknown should be feared, not that the unknown should be embraced because maybe creation is about to burst forth. Genesis chapter 1 is a story of the unknown becoming known, the unseen becoming seen. And I would propose to you that, that turned out pretty good. It feels like chaos has really saved me, he then goes on to say. It saved me from the order that existed in my head. All I'll say about that is you need saving from your own head. He said, when I'm surrounded by chaos, and of course, you know, when you saw the, the seagulls and all that stuff, you'd think, but he's not surrounded by chaos. What he meant was, when I'm surrounded by that which I refuse to endeavor to control... It doesn't mean disorder, it doesn't mean dysfunctionality, just being surrounded by that which we are not always endeavouring to control. He said, I feel alive and I feel totally outside my comfort zone all at the same time. I love this, he said, it allows more beautiful things to happen. Maybe there's more beautiful things could happen to you, in you, with you, for you, to me, 
If we would only let go of that control, embrace the chaos and let it make us feel alive because we've come outside of our comfort zone. I love it. He says this vibrant, benevolent force of opportunities. The chaos we're talking about is a vibrant, benevolent force of opportunities. Reality isn't just an ordered state, he said. It's a lot more magical than you would think. See, we think reality is everything that's ordered and controlled. He says, no, if you get outside of that, it's more magical than you would think. He said, for me, reality is imbued with divinity. You cannot get away from our false reality and into this understanding of chaos without encountering divinity. You will meet God there. I love this. He said, it's a celebration of everything to its highest degree. Who would have thought that embracing chaos could be a celebration of everything to its highest degree? But it is, and we'll add one more piece in later. So have you seen what happens to dust? When it starts out as chaos, but here's a sound. See, what we're trying to do is redeem the understanding of the state of chaos from its distorted understanding that we have been given. Now, you need to understand that faith and science begin at the same place. Faith and biology begin at the same place. Faith and physics begin at the same place. Now, faith and religion don't begin at the same place, and science and uh, 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 religion and physics don't begin at the same place, and religion and biology don't begin at the same place, but faith does. See, the opening pitch of science should not scare any person of faith, nor should the opening pitch of the Bible scare any scientist. See, I've used a phrase many times in this building, it's impossible to change the future without disturbing the present. We don't like disturbance, but you see, we could say disturbance is chaos, but chaos is where the Bible begins, it's where the story begins, it's where it all starts, it's the raw material that is used in the beginning. (coughs) See, the unknown becomes known through the portal of chaos. And as Chris mentioned, I don't know if you knew it, but chaos was the first of the Greek gods about 700 BC when they were deciding who were their gods. Chaos was the first of the Greek gods. Now, you need to understand there, it was their pitch at conveying that it is in, by, and through chaos that all things come into being. So chaos was their first god from which everything came. Everything came out of the god chaos in Greek. Well, before that ever happened in the Bible narrative, everything came out of chaos. The Greeks were stealing an idea and imposing a deity on something that already existed. See, chaos is not some pit that we fall into because order is removed. Chaos is the raw material of all creation. And this is where I want to lead you tonight. The Bible, yes, the Bible, is bang on with its opening statement. In the beginning was the word, the sound, the tone, the pitch. 
In the beginning was the word, the sound, the tone, the pitch. And around it was emptiness, what it calls emptiness, void, and darkness. None of those are evil. None of those were evil. You can only make them evil if you start your Bible reading in Genesis chapter 3 and not Genesis chapter 1 because no such thing as fall and what we call sin and original sin had even entered the possibility of anybody imagining that they could exist when all this happened. You see, chaos is not evil. Chaos is the state of unformed things. And if you could look through a microscope, if you could look through a telescope, if you could look at microbiology and subatomic particles, you would see that chaos is everywhere in the universe. And it's how chaos reacts and everything in chaos, when it hears a word, when something brings it together, it begins to come together into a state of form and goodness and life. So the Bible talks about this right in the beginning. See, see, chaos is, is a fact not to be feared, but a state to be revered for the potential that it contains. And the Bible and science mirror the truth that is in, through, and out of chaos, and that's where creation comes in. The Bible says there was a divine, let there be. That was the pitch, that was the sound that the Bible narrative is attempting to bring into your understanding. There was a sound and all the dust, all the chaos began to vibrate, but not randomly into something that is imperceivable, but suddenly everything began to vibrate into something conceivable. It began to become created images. It began to become states that were recognisable. It began to become conditions that were beautiful beautiful, just like that sound reflects what happened at creation when it gives the illustration scientifically of the dust on the table and the sound doesn't just vibrate the dust into a pile of nothing, it makes the dust take shape and did you notice the higher the pitch goes, the more complex and beautiful the pattern becomes. So when I read the Bible, it says, don't set your mind on things in the earth. Set your mind higher. Get to a higher pitch of understanding. Get to a higher pitch of listening. Because what that will produce will become more complex and more beautiful than you could ever imagine. See, you need to let your spiritual mind overrule your flesh mind. They say, well, do we have two things? I know that I do. I know that that mind that wants to order everything and take chaos out of everything and that wants to rule and control, that's the flesh mind because it says, I've got to get rid of chaos and make chaos not be unpredictable. But you see, unless chaos is allowed to be unpredictable, you don't get worlds. You don't get trees, you don't get, you don't get seas, you don't get mountains. Can you see what happened out of chaos when it was allowed to respond to the voice, became something incredible and amazing. Stop being a control freak because that's the wrong side of your mind. Here's how the Apostle Paul put it in the book of Romans. He said, for to be flesh-minded is death. 
It's only going to take you one way. It'll just keep trying to keep the dust in a pile that you can control the pile and hopefully stop the breezes of life blowing on your pile of dust and you'll spend 70, 80 years trying to protect your little pile of dust. And guess what we'll then say over you? For from dust you came and to dust you will return. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That is your destiny. That is your epitaph if you stay in the flesh mind. But Paul talks about, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. In other words, if you will let the spirit part of your mind realize that chaos is not to be feared, but to be embraced, because when a word comes into chaos, it begins to take shape, then he says that will be life and peace. And as the guy said before, I love what he said. Let me find that again, what the guy said. Um, um, uh, it allows more beautiful things to happen. This vibrant, benevolent force of opportunities imbued with divinity. Beautiful. So let your spiritual mind, you say, how do I let my spiritual mind overrule my flesh mind? Well, you tell your flesh mind to shut up. Stop being such a control freak. Because just maybe if we dare to go to the unknown, maybe if we just dare to go to the, the, the where it's impossible to change the future without disturb, maybe if we go to the place of the disturbed present, maybe just out of there, what has been said from the beginning and what every person have tried to answer throughout generations will happen to me because into chaos, through chaos and out of chaos will come the manifestation of life. The video we just watched is evidence of what happens when that sound is introduced to chaos. The higher the sound, the more complex the shapes and patterns achieved. But if you're not willing to submit yourself to the miracle, your life will only create the patterns you recognize. So here's the other point. Unless you're prepared to let a sound more than just your controlling mind affect how you think, you will only ever see recognizable patterns. And those are the very things you're not wanting to see, but you keep creating them because you're making the same sound and you're listening to the same sound. It's time to listen to another voice. That's why I think learning is important. That's why I think we need to listen to what's being taught is important because otherwise all you'll ever get is recognizable patterns. I want the unrecognizable. I want those high-pitched, amazing, like, you know, because all of you are going like, wow, that's amazing. That's the reality of science. It's the reality of spirituality. It's a reality. That's the true reality. Because chaos is only the raw material from which creation comes. If you're not willing to submit yourself to the miracle, your life will only create the patterns you recognize. So again, coming back to my, my, my new reverence for the Bible, when Jesus says you've got ears but you don't hear, you're not listening, what was he talking about? Just some words of, okay, I wanted to preach to you, but you wouldn't let me preach. No, he was saying, your chaos needs to hear this voice because when your chaos lets this voice in by you opening your ears and that spiritual part of your mind, then that dust that is your life will start to take shape to something that you will go, wow, I didn't believe creation could be that amazing in me, but it can be. And this process is actually at work in you right now. 
whether you like it or not. All that dust is there. What do you want to happen to the dust? Some of you want to sweep the dust away and your life goes with it. He remembers that we are dust. The dust of your life needs to listen to the spirit side of your mind that allows the sound that comes from God, just like in the beginning, to speak. And you will see that what comes out of it is creation. But you've got to listen for that sound. And then you've got to hear the words that come with that sound. Because the words of Bible doesn't say, you know, that it was dark and empty. And, uh, and, and, and what was the words from Genesis 1? It was... It was formless and empty and darkness on the face of the deep. And God said, oh no, what's gone wrong? No, God said, let there be. There's a reason why that phrase was put in the Hebrew Bible, to help you to have confidence that that the voice that comes into that chaos is not, oh no, I can't believe this, what are we going to do? The voice that comes in is, let there be, every time, let there be, let there be light, let there be life, let there be. That is the voice that will come in if you'll give it opportunity and you'll listen, that will turn your pile of dust into something beautiful because it heard the let, 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 it, let there be. So... There's a let there be present within, from and through the chaos of your existence that will produce new and complex patterns which you cannot see at this moment. If only you will yield to the sound of let there be and let that spiritual mind that is in you begin to dominate the flesh mind that controls you and then you will see that that sound will turn your chaos into beauty. I pray you'll receive it. I pray your ears will open tonight. I pray you'll commit yourself to think spiritually and not fleshly and allow that let there be to come through in you tonight in Jesus' name. Got one more video. How many of you know Paul McCartney is? The Apostle Paul from Liverpool. Apostle Paul McCartney from Liverpool in the 60s, was having a, I think it was 67, was having a really difficult time. Of course, those of you from Planet Zod, he was one of the Beatles, okay? Not the Beatles that climb up your wall, the band, the Beatles, world famous, you know. And uh, he was having a really, really difficult time. And uh, Paul's mother died when he was 14. His mother died of cancer, which is always a trauma. You think, you know... Very fortunate if you have gone through life without those kind of traumas of, of losing a child or losing a parent. Paul's mum, who he loved dearly, died of cancer when he was 14. And uh, he grew up with that, that gap and that space. And, and he was going through a really, really difficult time in his life. And, um, and uh, he, he, he was asleep one night, fast asleep. And uh, his mother appeared to him in a dream. Now, you know, I used to reject all this, but I think when I hear the story, what a grace on his life. Suddenly in the chaos, a word came to him. And that word changed his life from that day to this. And Paul will talk about it on this video. And because of that word, he wrote a song. Because when he wrote the song and said, Mother Mary came to me, he doesn't mean... Mary the Virgin, Virgin Mary, 
the mother of Jesus, which a lot of people presume. His mother's name was Mary. And Mary came to him and what she said to him revolutionised his life because it echoes something that goes deeper and further than Paul McCartney and the Beatles and 1967 and Liverpool. It echoed something that comes from the creation of all time. And if you will receive it, that same word will revolutionise your life. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash qchurchyork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.